It's the Hedonistic Way podcast. It's a way of life. It tastes like freedom. It's the most divine microcosm. Mind blowing. It's a revolution. Heart wide open. Liberated love. It's liberated love. Conscious conversation. Conscious conversations. The exhilarated expansion of self. Sacred sexuality. Call it whatever you like. All I know. Is it, is it feels, feels amazing. amazing? It's the most decadent way. It's the most decadent way to live life. Intimate and intuitive conversations with epic humans who are disrupting the status quo and living a life with stereo untypical success. Hello, everybody. My name is Renee Main, and welcome to the Hedonistic Way Show. You would not believe what this epic human has been through. She's a stat. She is multiple stats, yet she is so much more than just a number. She's been on the journey to Worthy and she has made many pit stops along the way. She did not pass go, yet she is moving through this Monopoly board of life and dancing to the tune like the pipe piper. She is selling out her events like hotcakes and she has an army that's fierce as and women singing her praise. She is real. She is raw. She is relatable. She is speaking to the real issues that we all face and she is absolutely remarkable. She is the host and the creator of the Journey to Worthy the podcast, the merch, and the movement. And I welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hello. Hello. That was nice. If you could just follow me around at home and (laughs) introduce (laughs) me to my family that way, um, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) That's funny you say. Well, I was having this conversation with a friend last week, right? And, you know, being in the work that we do, you know, often people will say like, oh, wow, your daughters are so lucky to have a mother like you. And you're like, you know, and sometimes you're like, I feel like I'm the cosmic mother. And you're like, oh. and then, but your kids are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I go out into the backyard, I sing a song and all the animals come and land on me. You know, it's like. <laughs> But my kids never see it. I don't don't know what's going on. Exactly. What is wrong with them? (laughs) And that's something that, like, it sometimes drives me crazy, but sometimes I love because it brings, like, you know, they help me think on my feet and keep me humble and keep me real, Um, which, you know, for me, like, humility is one of my highest values. So it's such an important piece for me. but let's talk about you. I want to know about you. So, Ness, what is the first question I want to ask? What does worthiness mean to you? Worthiness to me is that undeniable sense of sense of self and love for yourself. When for me, I Self-worth is the key to change in, in the world because women women are the key to change in the world. But we, so many of us have lacked self-worth 
And this leads us to um, not set boundaries for ourselves and therefore we end up making some bad decisions, um, accepting less than we deserve from people, men and women. Um, and, and being less supportive of people around us and judgmental of people around us because of our own insecurities. And, you know, you, all, all these issues of women not supporting other women and competition and being in, in abusive relationships and this cycle that continues generationally over and over and over again, it all will end with self-worth. It really will. Like if we, if we learn to love ourselves and value ourselves, that will just stop. So for me, worthiness is, is the key to unlocking so much so much for the for women and for the world yeah absolutely what do you say about this I'll just tell you what I'm thinking about because it's been so alive in me and you know last week we had the whole rollout of Brittany Higgins and um you know in and around all of that and so much victim blaming and so much onus is on, well, what was she thinking? Like we had our politi- some of our politicians say, what was she thinking when she said yes to, you know, she's the one that got drunk, she's the one that got in the car, she's the one that said yes to going into the office. What, what is your thought around that in a practical yet realistic way? I, I hate victim blaming. Mm. I um, I, I think it all comes. It, it, it always seems to be the woman's fault. And um, something I talk to women about a lot is um, you know how girls would be like, oh my god, she's such a slut. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. hate that because first of all, you know, women can be promiscuous. They can have many sexual partners if they want to, as long yeah. as. It's- as long as it's something that they want to do as long as they're safe they're not hurting themselves or anybody else that's fine but also keeping in mind that some women um, are promiscuous because of past experiences and lacking of self-worth and finding value in men so by calling them these names you're just reiterating to them what they already believe in themselves that's a bit off track but when it comes to victim blaming I think that's something to keep in mind that if you believe that a woman is doing that it's putting herself in harm's way time and time and time again. Yeah. Don't just roll your eyes and call her a slut. Reach out. What, what can you do to help her yeah. value herself enough so that she's not putting herself in harm's way? In regards to this situation, I don't care what a woman wears. I don't care how drunk she is. I don't care who she goes home with. The only person who rapes that woman is the man that rapes the woman. She played no part in it. She said no. Yeah. That's it. doesn't matter what. She could be buck naked doing a lap dance for a man. Yeah. There is absolutely no right if there's no consent. So it doesn't. I, I don't care what a woman does. There's there's no excuse for it, and there's um yeah there's never a time that it's that it's her fault. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's you know it's is you know there's so many things that you go you know you feel like that we've come such a long way, yet in so many ways it's like ah. Oh, We've still got so far to go. So tell me about, you know, your experience with your journey to worthy in, you know, how did you realise that this worthiness was the piece and how do you still, you know, kind of when that unworthiness does surface 
How do you meet it differently as it still comes up? I'm aware now. I think that's the difference. My um, 20s and even the beginning of my 30s, all my teen years, my childhood, um, I I wasn't aware that I was lacking self-worth and that's why. Yeah. these things that I was making these decisions that's why I was um, putting myself in situations in harm's way um I wasn't aware I once I became aware it was um around 31 my mum um had committed suicide I was 30 weeks pregnant the, the switch went off in my head I, I need help I need to you know start making some changes and I need to value myself more yeah. um that's when it began for me but I still I still have those weeks, um, I, I quite a few recently, where I just feel the self-loathing mm. and I can't stop thinking about things that have happened in my life and I just lose value in myself. And sometimes that's because of the, the people I've been in contact with. Mm. Um, and we were just talking off camera before this, that intuition that's telling me that these people don't have my best interest in, at heart. I know that they're actually enjoying making me feel less than yeah um and and there's that um insight I guess that I realize that now so I can adjust my life accordingly yeah step away from social media step away spend time with the people who I know love me and who I love um do good in the world donate to charity you know in some other way to to realize there's there's a whole life outside of you like you're not the be all and end all in the universe um, and that um, stepping away from those toxic people, those toxic relationships and having those boundaries, having those boundaries and going, no, I don't deserve this. Um, in the past, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have put up with it because subconsciously I felt like that's what I deserved. Yeah. Um, the way they were treating me is how I felt about myself, that I was a piece of crap, that I was worth nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't believe that about myself anymore. So now when I'm being treated that way, I'm just like, excuse you? No, <laughs> you're not going to treat me like that. I, I've, no, if you, you know, I can help you find your self-worth so you don't need to feel the need to treat other women like that, but yeah, not if it's going to be toxic and detrimental to my mental health. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that intuition piece and you know and that's the you you know when we're talking before we um started the live we're talking about that and that feeling of like oh ignoring that nudge I I'm really curious to know about that that moment in in your life I mean I'm sure there's probably I know there's been several moments um where you ignore that intuition but what was it that's that is there one moment where you went where you said okay like it's all this is happening around me and you know there's no boundaries there's no you know they're reflecting how I feel about myself was there a moment where you just went okay like this has got to stop and where it just the penny dropped there's been many moments because the journey is ever evolving and things are changing in your life and new people are coming in and out when I was 19 and um, I asked my abusive partner to leave that was a real moment of I'm proud of myself it's just me and my child and we've got this and we don't need to be treated like this anymore Um, but again at that time it was almost more for her 
than for me. Yeah. Um, but um, a few years ago, I actually ended a friendship and I was out for dinner with this person and I'd had that feeling in my tummy with them all along. They were heaps of fun, yeah. heaps of fun, loved a gossip. Like, you know, I, I love abstract gossip. That's fine. But it always seemed to be a, a gossiping about our circle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I don't like being in these kind of conversations. It feels disloyal. It feels not nice. But when you surround yourself with people like that, you do, you get a little bit involved in it. Um, I called her out on it at dinner. Um, and she had said to me that she said some not very nice things about me trying to bring my confidence down because I was well on the journey. Yeah. And the more you come up, the more people want to push you back down again. Um, but I'd begun the journey. And um, so she started saying, oh, well, it's not just me. This person said it too. And at, at that moment, I was like, oh, you, you're using other people who aren't even here to, to cement your argument. And I'm, I just realised right now that the way you talk about all these other people to me is 100% how you're talking about me to these other people. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. Um, and um, I'd like to have a conversation with you and the other person. And anyway, it never eventuated because it wasn't true. Um, but I never, the, the, I think the thing is too, that I never felt the need to bring other people into it within the circle. I didn't tell anybody else about it. I didn't involve anybody else. I just quietly stepped away from that friendship and let her know why. Um, and that, that was a, a, a real moment. My intuition had been telling me for ages that this person did not have my best or anybody else's best interests at heart. Um, and yeah, it was a really good feeling to actually stand up and say, no, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. I was like, oh my god, I've set a boundary and I've stuck to it. This is this is cool. This is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And what then? Because sometimes when you do that and you make those, but like they're bold decisions, right? To just you know, there's one thing to go. You know, I think we've all been in situations where you know we've danced around these feelings of this group going, I don't feel good here, you know. Mm. And that's like for me, oh. I'll often walk away and I'll be like, should I have said that? Was I too much? Like, am I too weird for them? You know, and I feel like I have to like alter myself to yeah. fit into what I think that might be acceptable to them. So it has multiple facets. But in that, I want to ask you about the shame yeah. that can come with it. How do you dance with that shame that sometimes comes up with that wonder when you do take that stance in your worthiness? I guess it's, it's, you've just got to be sure in who you are and, and understand all the work that you've done and know that you are enough as you are and that your personality might not be what, you know, I, like I look, I don't like to drink because of those feelings um it makes me extremely anxious and I'm always like oh what did I do was I on the table like even though I wasn't that drunk like was it too much oh my gosh people talking about me now like I just don't like that feeling but I have been in groups of people where look I think it's important to note too that that you can, women can be just as toxic as men in relationships and I'm talking friendships you can have some very toxic friendships where one day they're your best friend and then the next time you see them they're quite cold and there's no reason why and you, you you overthink what have I done what have I done and then you overcompensate to try and 
you know, no, I'm, don't be mad at me. I'm a great person. Yeah. And it's that, you know, trying to change yourself to some people enjoy that. Some people play on that. Some people like to manipulate and watch you, you know, yeah. scramble. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yeah. uh, seeing other people anxious makes me anxious. So I just want everyone to be happy <laughs> and calm and living their best life. Um, but the shame that comes with it, I, I, I do get that still to this day. Um, if I'm in a group setting where it, it, you know, and it can often be the case with Instagram where there's big Instagram gatherings, there's a lot of personalities, there's a lot of egos there. Um, there can be a lot of judgment there too. And um, you can feel like you don't fit in, that you're not right. And you want to alter yourself so that you can. But when you have that sense of self-worth, you, you just won't. You just stop yourself and you're like, no, this isn't for me. I'm going to leave early or I'm going to, what I tend to do now is if I sense that I just push people back to arm's length. Yeah. So I don't have to completely remove them from my life, but I, I they're not someone I'm going to speak to every week. They're not someone I'm going to see every week. Um, and when I do catch up with them a couple of times a year, it's okay, but that's, that's enough. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important too, that it's okay to, not want to be in the company of someone that everybody else loves and sings praises of, you've got to listen to yourself. And just because everybody else loves that person doesn't mean that they're right for you. Just like you're not right for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like, and because sometimes that, again, like that can be a question that sits in the back of your mind and we try to ignore and try to pretend that it's not there. Right. Is that like, but everybody else likes them. Like, Everyone else sings their praises, but yet I feel this thing in my stomach where I go, kind of not feeling that. So I really love what what you say to that. And, um, yeah, that's really cool. Well, you've um, got to remember too that, that we are surrounded by women lacking self-worth. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people might be drawn to someone toxic to them. And, you know, a lot of a lot of famous people are narcissists. A lot of yeah. successful people are narcissists because they just, they don't often care. They can manipulate. They can, so they do have all these people who adore them and, you know, yes. think that they're great. You hear it all the time. I mean, I experienced it myself with my abusive ex. Oh, he's such a great guy. No one, no one could believe that he would ever do anything. Ted Bundy was just, you know, so well loved. Um, so it's often the case that these people have lots of fans and followers and, um, because, yeah, they're, they're very good at manipulating people that way. So your intuition might actually, well, it's yours. It's yours. It's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're surrounded by people who are lacking their self-worth and they might not be where you are either. So you just have to let them ride that out and figure it out for themselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's even just keeping that in mind, you know, and that's, you know, it's so important that we have that anchor of self-worth because the more we're anchored and the more we go, okay, you know what? Everyone else is dancing with their own worthiness as yeah. well. So I can't sway and move into what direction they're pulling me in, right? Yeah. It's because you just need to be anchored. Otherwise, you know, we're just getting, you know, I says sucked into their vortex of. And, that's true. You and you'll go backwards. Yeah. You'll go backwards and you'll end up in a toxic circle again when you've spent so much, you've done so much work to remove yourself from that. Yeah. Um, and again, as you were saying, being anchored and, and, and standing where you are, 
you'll find you might not have as many people as that group over there but you'll find the people that just wander over and they're like oh it's nice and safe over here and I'm where you are and I like it here um and and I'm I'm going to join on this journey and yeah it's it you tend to attract where you are yeah 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 I really love that and that's um you know it feels all-encompassing you know it feels like this you know I've been thinking about it like just this soft this soft landing which you know what like it's I think when we can be so distracted by likes and comments and shares and engagement and all of these things where we go you know what like we don't it's okay to have an intimate conversation it's okay for one person to hear that thing you know it's okay um so that's yeah I want to ask you about you know because you're big on social media you know your podcast is this beautiful extension you know of you and your journey and creating this army and that's something that I've noticed you know or noticed and like probably more felt about you is this you have this army of women like you're pulling together this movement and it's not it's not like you're on this pedestal going you know like you're preaching and you know you're doing this thing it's you're like you're on the front line with them you know it's a real sense of come with me you know this is the thing like it's who am I to you know put myself on a pedestal and say you know I mean I call myself the queen of worthiness but that's the queen of my worthiness um but who am I to say that you know um for me, it's about creating community that we're all on this journey together. So what started as me sharing my story has become sharing mine and other women's stories because self-worth is, is about, you know, letting go of the, those traumas and, and share and knowing you're not alone and creating community. And that is so important to me and is something that um, that's why Journey to Worthy exists. It's for all, all women everywhere around the world to be a part of. It's not just for me to share my story and get likes and you know I yeah it can't be about that I've actually um stopped working with a lot of brands on Instagram for that reason because so much of it is can you screenshot your analytics and your all of this sort of stuff and I don't I don't post to get those results does that make sense like I would much rather have 50 people see and like a post and it to change their life and have 50,000 just for the sake of it does that make sense yeah absolutely and that's I agree like it's it's you know many years ago like it's you know media release (laughs) you know 2008 2009 2010 and you screenshot all the shots and the and it's just like now I'm like I can't even remember the last time (laughs) yeah I took it. I can't even remember the last time I actually had a look at it, to be honest. <laughs> but isn't it nice though? It's so freeing and it's just, it's so genuine. It's so genuine. And look, there's absolutely nothing. I think influencer marketing is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think it's a genuine job, a genuine profession. Yeah. For me, it was not great for my mental health. Yeah. So it's something that I still do when I feel I can. Um, but only with brands that align and only if it's going to make a difference, I guess. 
Um, but I think it's a super, yeah, I, I just wanted to make that clear that I don't not value um, yeah. that job at all. But for me, um, yeah, it's just not, it, it, it took away from what I was trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it's just a, it's a little snippet as to where I think we're going, yeah. you know, finding this balance of, you know what, like he's, you know, absolutely collaborate and aligned with, you know, people, products, services, whatever that genuinely rock your world, that yeah. you're aligned in values where you can actually create this beautiful movement. And, and is it going to help the message and is it going to make a difference? But at the same time, there's so many amazing people on Instagram providing content daily for free. And I implore other people not to roll their eyes if that person does a sponsored post, not to unfollow them because they're starting to work with brands. That's how they're making, they're putting so much time and effort into their platform and you're following and you're getting value from it. So support them with that as well. You know, support them with their adverts and things like that because it's how they're making some money as well. And and they're worthy of that, right? Exactly. Again, it's just, sometimes it's not for me. I'm like, I can't put my energy into that when I'm working so hard to grow Journey to Worthy and reach as many women as I can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I really, you know, I really love that as well because that is important. And I think that, you know, a lot of, you know, particularly, you know, friends follow you or this. And then I've been in circles where they're going, oh, they drive me crazy when they post this or this or this. And I'm like, oh, they're for sure saying that about me. Right. (laughs) Constantly sharing, right. And because it's content, I spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time, you know, I'm watching your reels and, you know, and all of your content. Like it's like what people don't understand, if you're not a content creator and you're, let's say, a consumer, when you're creating content, it's your heart. It really is. Honestly, it's your heart going, okay, this is me. And, you know, sometimes it takes courage to do that, you know. So I love what you say there about just support them yeah support them because it is it is a lot of work and um you know if you don't value it that's 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 your prerogative um but it is a free and it's a visual platform we need to remember too instagram for example it's a visual platform there's we can't just post a caption with a blank screen you know you need to post something so there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that the image aligns with the message that the reel is is coming from somewhere that you want it to. Sometimes my reels are just stupid and silly because I'm like, we need a break. Yeah. We need a break in the deep and meaningful. <laughs> um, and I'm going to show a different side to my personality today. But, yeah, definitely uh, same with podcasts. Um, look, most people don't make money for their podcast. So if they're doing a sponsored something in, in their Instagram give it a like, give it a share, like support the brand as well. I think it's um, super important because that's how they're making, they're, they're able to continue to provide value on their platform. So Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, I love that it's that, you know, it's that mutual respect, you know, saying, you know what, I see you and I value you beyond all the unseen things yeah. that we all do, you know, which is really cool. Um, I want to ask you about, I have two questions kind of under there. So I'm like, oh, which one was, 
<laughs> Which one wants to come through first? Is let's we're on social media, so let's talk about that. So I've noticed that you know you do a lot. You're heavily on Instagram, um, and so I'm assuming so the in- Instagram and podcasters is your baby. Um, how do you balance that between, you know, you've mentioned your mental health and your worthiness and creating this, this journey and this army of women that you do so beautifully. How do you create content from a space where you feel absolutely anchored and without it jeopardizing your mental health? So what kind of boundaries do you have? You know, so it's like, do you, you know, do you post every day? Do you only post when you're feeling absolutely connected? Like, where is your stance on that? Um, I I love Instagram because that's where my community is. Um, and I, it's like catching up with friends a lot of the time. The DMs are always flowing. And um, you might see that I go quiet on stories for a while. I post every day, maybe every second day. I don't, it's not a chore for me. I really love doing it. Um, if I'm having a bad time, I share that too. I've shared, I, I actually grabbed my um, phone and filmed a panic attack because I was like, I need everybody to know. And I was grabbing at my throat and my skin had started to go blotchy. And then I shared, um, I was explaining what was happening, why it was happening. Um, and um, I'd been bullied online actually. And I was just sharing the importance of always being kind and not knowing where someone's come from and, um and then I said my, my skin will break out and I shared all that the days afterwards, the lumps that came on my chin just from that one panic attack. Um, and I'm pretty open and honest too that, guys, I've been struggling, um, whether it's emotionally, mentally, or I'm having the best time ever. I, I, I want to be as genuine as possible. I want to be me 100% of the time. And what you see online is exactly what I'm like in person, the tripping over, the getting into someone else's car and realising that it's not mine and it's like... <laughs> Turning up to this podcast yesterday. Um, <laughs> that, that was half my fault, admittedly. So that was, you know, we can meet each other there. <laughs> um, but that's like it, it's genuine. So for me, it's not it's not something I dread doing. I love doing it. I love catching up with everybody on there. I love planning content, shooting content. I'm just I get excited by it all because right, oh, I feel that this reel is going to really it's going to turn the light on for someone. I really can't wait to post this one. Um, sometimes it's hard to come up with like because it's a visual platform yeah. like scrolling through my photos going well I'm talking about something deep and I'm grinning and laughing that nah, doesn't really work you know it is hard yeah. um, and it is work and it is constant but I really enjoy doing it but if I am having a bad time um, and I feel like social media is a trigger I will figure out what the triggers are is it a certain page is it a certain person and I'll just place them on mute for a little while so they're not in my hemisphere um, because I do have enough insight to realize that a lot of the time it's not necessarily about that person. They haven't done anything wrong. There's something within me that that triggers. Yeah. Their fault, something I need to work on, but I just need to remove them for a little bit. So mute, um, unfollow. I've done unfollow before um, quite a bit. <laughs> it, what doesn't serve. Um, and that's how I protect myself. But yeah, if I need to switch off, I'll switch off. It's not, it's not the be all and end all. But um, I like to check in with my community. I like to chat with them. Um, the army's everything. So journey to worthy is nothing without the army. It's not just about me; it's about them. So um, yeah, I want to jump on. I look forward to it. 
but yeah, definitely the muting and um, doing what I need to do. But I'm happy to share my panic attacks and my bad, bad times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you do it really beautifully. You know, it's that, you know, sharing that valuable content of going, you know what, like, and it is like you read and you go, you know what, that is going to help someone, you know, that is going to land to someone. And then, but sharing the realness, I think adds to, you know, adds to not just the authenticity, but just, um, you know, I think it, again, like it makes, it makes everyone feel less alone. Right. Yeah. Because you, I, I don't get the whole celebrity thing. Like I don't, um, you know, the question like, oh, who's a celebrity you'd love to have dinner with? And I'm like, I don't put people like they're like someone's a great actor. You're good at your job. Yeah. That's awesome. But I'm not going to like sneak a photo of you in a cafe. Like I'm not going to chase you down. I'm not going to line up for hours just to, you know, shake your hand. I just, I, I don't get that. So I, I think you know, if you're as genuine as possible and just a, a, a real person, um, yeah, you have this this feeling of being left alone. Like, yeah, I, I just don't think the only people that should be up on pedestals are, are doctors and firemen and policemen and, you know, the people out there saving lives and yeah. making a difference. I think in regards to celebrity status with sport and movies and all of that, you're just good at your job and, yeah, yeah I don't think people should be worshipped as such. Yeah, no, and that's, yeah, I I agree. And that's something that I try and tell my girls all the time, um, particularly my older girl. Like she's very worships, like obsessive with, you know, who, whatever talent, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, they're human, you yeah. know. Remember they're, I'm like, I'm a, I've got so many stories where I've met famous people and just gone, you know, like we had, um, I used to, when I was 18, I used to live in Alice Springs and I used to work in this restaurant. And so these group of guys come in and they all had dinner and they were paying. And I was like, oh, where are you guys off to? And they're going, oh, we're going to, I think it was like the memo, this club in Alice. And I was like, oh, you're going to see Soundgarden. And they went, we are Soundgarden. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Oops. I had no idea. I'm not too either. I just like, yeah, I just, I, I think we are all normal. We all poo. Yeah. We all have mental health issues. Yeah. Um, no one's better than anybody else. Yeah. And um, we can absolutely admire people. And yeah. I, I, I see people sing or play music and I'm just like, yeah. oh, like I admire it so much. And yeah, but um, yeah, I teach my girls the same thing. Like, um, especially my older daughter, she's 22 and she'll look at girls on Instagram and be like, oh, this is perfect. She's a, I'm like, you know, she poos as well and gets her period. Mm bloating and is a bitch sometimes and has been hurt and you know like she's just a normal person they're just photos like stop like these people are not the be all and end all and you don't have to alter yourself to change to be like what you believe is a perfect life like it's not it's all just smoke and mirrors and and, and again it's a visual platform it's one photo so yeah absolutely I totally agree um how do you feel about, you know, just 
<laughs> bearing in mind that I'm completely switching it up. <laughs> How do you feel about, you know, Soundgarden? <laughs> yes, Soundgarden. See, tell me a song, and I've got another story about a basketball player, but I'll, t- I'll share that another time. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I've lost track. That's funny. Um, your pit stops, right? And because that was when I was writing, when I was writing your intro, I really, I was like, you know, you, like you're not just one stat; you are multiple stats, and you really have had an incredible incredible journey and I want to ask you about your journey and when people say you know when people say you need to rewrite your journey you need to rewrite your story and I have a real you know kind of push-pull time with this because you know it's I want to honor my experience and it wasn't exactly yeah yeah yeah. Gone through all of that and come out alive and doing what I'm, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. The, we wouldn't be changing women's lives without having experienced that. I needed to experience all of that. Yeah, and that I think you have to find a purpose from from the trauma. You have to. Um, it, it's you have to have. There needs to be a reason for it. Yeah. Um, so that's. I don't want to rewrite it. I wouldn't change it. Um, as horrific as it is, and you know, I, I just I can't because I've got to focus on the present and the future and the type of mum that I am, which is the most the job I'm most proud of in the world. Um, I believe I'm an awesome mum, and I think it's because I've experienced those things, and my girls are more protected because I've experienced those things. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I can write future chapters, like I'm in charge now. Um, but I'm not rewriting anything. That is what it is. Um, there's things I'm not proud of. Uh, I was a person that I'm embarrassed to admit that I was at many times in my life. Um, but I, it is what it is and I wouldn't rewrite any of it. Yeah, absolutely. How did you reclaim that and the trauma and your experience and turn it into, you know, you're talking about finding a purpose mm-hmm. for it. How did you reclaim that experience to go, you know what, like this is, you know, yes, I'm not proud, but it gave me this and, you know, it gave you purpose in so many ways. How did you reclaim it and why? For me, I, um, it, it was that day um, when I decided that things had to change. Um, I did get therapy because um, it is, it, it, there's a lot to unlearn. There's a lot to unlearn. Um, and it, it's just about making changes little by little, little by little. It's taken me, well, that was in 2011, no, 2012. That was in 2012 that, that the journey really, really, really began for me. Um, and it's now, you know, nine years later. Um, and I still am on that journey and will be for the rest of my life. Um, but I can't remember your question now. I feel like I just went. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was about how did you reclaim your story and use it for your purpose and why? I always knew I wanted to help. When I was younger, I thought I wanted to work in daycare. I thought I wanted to help children. Then I went through everything that I went through, um, including being in the system, a child in group homes. Um, and I remember 
my um, support worker was just, she didn't have children. She hadn't experienced anything in her life. And I just kept saying, you don't understand. Like you don't understand you're making these judgments of me, but you haven't experienced what I've experienced. And that that was an awful time in my life that things were happening to me and I was blamed. Um, I remember being, I, I don't know if I can talk about this, but I remember being raped by two men in a bathroom all night long. Um, my caseworker and the police came, took me out of the bathroom and um, it was I was like I was such a pain in the ass. Like got myself into this situation again. I don't I don't even think they got into any trouble. Maybe from their mum and dad. Like um and um I remember saying, right, I, I wanna do this. I wanna be um a social worker. I wanna help teenagers. And yeah. um then I spoke to someone about it and realized mm, my heart would hurt too much with a lot of the things that I'm going to experience. And that just changed throughout time like I need to help women I need to help women then I tried doing that through social media I started a blog was Gold Coast Musings at the time um, and I talked about my eating disorder and I just wanted to help one one person realize that they can get better and that's when social media for me started to grow and the community started to grow and it was only um, last year that I spoke out about my childhood sexual abuse for the first time ever like apart from my my husband no one knew Um, and I spoke about it on the podcast and that was me reclaiming it um, yeah. because I had had so much shame and guilt yeah. um, with that. Yeah. And but telling it was like, oh, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to keep his secret. Like yeah. enough. Like, you know, I shouldn't say it was the first time that anybody knew. I did tell my parents, sorry. I just meant outside of yes. like family. Yeah. Um, but that was part of it for me, owning the story, sharing the story and then helping other women. And then I'm like, oh, I I had a business at the time and I'm like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I really want to help women, but how can I do this? Like, how can I do this online? I don't want to keep promoting other brands for payment so that I can afford to, you know, keep doing this. And then a friend said to me, um, oh, well, you basically, you should be a counsellor. And I'm like, what? It makes so much sense sold my business started studying counseling straight away um for me it's super important that if instagram disappeared tomorrow that um i can still help women because that is my goal that i just want to help women so yeah i and i'm not going to lie i heal so much through helping others when i get the messages that a certain post or a certain story you know they really touched them um and helped them realize something that's everything to me everything to me and I've even said that journey to worthy is going to end some marriages ain't even angry about it do not care I hope it does I hope it really does end some toxic marriages and that people walk away from an unsafe situation yeah happy to own that and be a part of that yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely I agree and that's I've been thinking about this a lot we've been journeying this in in one of my courses and um you know, so last week it was about, you know, we were dancing with the shadows and, you know, integrating those parts of ourselves and reclaiming, you know, our, our stories. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm just sitting with how many times, like it's how many women have been, you know, may not have been sexually abused or raped, but I don't know, like I reckon the, every single woman would experience some sort of sexual assault yeah and you know and that's it goes back to school I'm telling you now most had their dress lifted 
Yeah. Some would have grabbed their boob, called them frigid because they wouldn't do that. You know, that was the word back then. Wouldn't yeah. do what a boy wanted them to do. And um, I experienced all that at school. Um, and I remember it well because for me it triggered having been sexually abused and valuing myself on what I could do for men. It's something that stayed with me. Um, I, I bet you there's lots of things that girls have forgotten about because there wasn't that history. They've forgotten about it, but it's been ingrained. And that's what I always say. You are born worthy. It's yeah. somewhere along the way that someone, something has yeah. told you otherwise. Mm. But you don't, you're not born doubting yourself. You are no. born with all your worth. And it's the belief, you know, and that's why everything we say and do is so important, especially mm. around children. Yeah. I remember my daughter saying to me, oh, I've got a chubby belly and looking in the mirror. And um, it was a teaching moment because instead of going to her, no, you don't, no, you don't, I just said, and? Yeah. And she's like, nothing, I was just saying. Yeah. Like, didn't make a big deal out of it because yeah. why, what's wrong with having a chubby belly? It's like yeah. if someone says, oh, oh, I'm fat. No, you're not, you're beautiful. As if yeah. you say that fat's not beautiful. Like yeah. it's just about changing the way we talk, the language, the way we approach things. Like yes. not everything has to be negative. Fat's not negative. Stop, you know, taking, let's not use it as an insult. It's not a negative thing. Fat is fat. It exists. Yeah. We're all different shapes and sizes. Like, yeah. So with my daughter, if she points out something, I'm like, yeah. like she'll say to me, yeah. your bum wobbles so much when you do that. And I'm like, oh. And I just do it more. Like it's not a bad yeah. thing. It's not an insult. She's stating the fact it wobbles. She's correct. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's it. And that's so much like, you know, we punish ourselves so often. Like, and it's just, and it can be just so relentless, you know, for these crazy things. And, you know, and it preoccupies so much of our brain space. And you think like there's nothing left for anything else. It's an energy stopper. And I'm like a full-time people pleaser. That's what I used to be. And um, no wonder I'm tired all the time. Like so much energy put into trying to change other people's opinion of me. You know, like, no, 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 you've got it wrong. I'm nice. I'm, I'm a good person. <laughs> and, and, but it was me. I needed to believe that. Yes. And I was looking for it from them. Like, you don't like me. You need to like me so I like me. Now it's just, I still catch myself. Like I've had some weeks where I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I trying so hard to impress this person yeah. who I'm pretty sure I don't even like them either? Like, yeah. <laughs> energy when I've got this amazing husband, some amazing, amazing friends, the most beautiful children, um, gorgeous pets that I could be putting that energy into them or back into myself instead. Yeah. It's just, it's so draining and it is physically exhausting. Yeah. It really, really is. <laughs> but it's such it's such a thing for women, the pressure that we place upon ourselves yeah. is because there's always this, it's especially for women, this perfection. And it goes back all the way to when women couldn't work. Um, their only purpose was to find a man, get married and have children. So women were competing with each other yeah. for a man, right? Yeah. yeah. And in order to get the man, they had to be the prettiest. They had to be the funniest. They had to be the best. Yeah. And it was it created competition between women to fight from men. And it's almost like we haven't evolved from that. We've evolved in the way that it might not be for a man's attention, yeah. but it might be for the job. 
or for the status or for the clout or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But there's still that competitiveness with women that is just ingrained in us and that's all generational, right? So that's what I'm trying to change now with, yeah. with women now, so with their children, that this generational habits and, you know, societal idealistic things are all changed, yeah. are all changed. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just hard. There's, like, women are working now still doing a majority of the home duties. So they've still got the full-time, like I'm talking, you know, yeah. parents particularly, yeah. they're still doing most of the housework, um, they've still got most of the mental load and they're still working. So they're expected to be good at all of that and still be a mother, Yeah. still have sex with their partner, um, still be a good friend and just why we're tired. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the expectations are absolutely ridiculous yeah absolutely ridiculous and that's you know I was saying to um some friends yesterday you know and that's I think the majority of women really want you know in regards to you know they crave this these wild and sensual connections with their lovers or husbands or partners or whoever but yet they're frigging exhausted and, and resentful without sometimes yeah. they might not even realize it but yeah. there's this resentment if you've got to leave the house all day and yeah. go to work and you just get to go to work and come home like my husband and I still talk about it to this day I'm I'm like look you get to come home pop the recliner go in the theater room and watch tv I've been at home all day but I still cook the, that's just our relationship it's our agreement I still cook yeah. the dinner it's you know I couldn't I'm probably too much of a control freak to change it now but yeah. um you know I'm like to be fair yeah. you get to go to work and come home that's it your work is exhausting I yeah. totally respect that yeah. but it's all you have to do I'd literally yeah. do everything else now he talks around the house don't get me wrong but yeah. I mean I do the bills I've got the mental load of everything yeah and he appreciates that understands it yeah um and let me sleep in weekends and all of that sort of stuff. I shouldn't say let me. But, um, yeah, there is a, such a big mental load for women. We tend to take on more of the mental load um, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, and sometimes, as you're saying, like it's so ingrained in in our dialogue that we don't even realise. Mm -hmm. So and once we start to open up that conversation and, you know, like was it, last week or something I think it was last week and I cooked dinner and I'm the same like I cook the majority of meals and my partner will often say you know like can I help you and often I'm like you I'm like no 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 it's I actually quite enjoy doing it and I cooked enough and he's like oh so there'll be enough for you for like when you cook tomorrow night and I'm just looked at, looked at him like no that's not okay like you need to, you know, we need to be aware of this. We need to be aware of the language yeah. that we use and um, to, to, you know, to just break down those, that conditioning that's so ingrained in us. Mm. It, it's, we are still, um, you know, uh, this is about beginning change. Change will happen. And I know Journey to Worthy will do that because I won't stop until it does. Yeah. But I am also aware that we are generations away. But it starts here. It has Absolutely. to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. The women who we are changing now will make the difference for the women, the generation below them, and so on and so forth. Because you think of how far we've come. Yeah. That's decades and decades and generations and generations of where our great-grandparents, our great-grandmothers were to yeah. now. Um, so, we've, you know, but it's got to, the work's got to start somewhere. Yeah. 
Absolutely, it does. And I was writing a post last week because it really dawned on me that it's, you know, as you say, you know, we do it for, you know, we do it for ourselves, but we do it for the generations to mm-hmm. come. But also we do it for the, the generations before us. Yeah. But they had, they had physical, tangible restrictions and limits and everything else that was standing in their way so many barriers but in so many ways that they they've removed for us and right now I think you know like our our generation the only barriers are internal for us in so many ways so this is why the work that you do is so friggin important this journey to worthy um where are you at now with worthiness in terms of, you know, like if it's this evolution of things that's always going to be there, you're always going to dance with it. How is it alive in you right now? It's something I'm aware of every day. And I think because I make sure that I'm working on it every day. Um, yeah, it's a constant in my life. So, and, and it ebbs and flows. So I'm also um, a, a model and, that can really F with my worthiness um, sometimes. And I'm in a part of the most amazing agency. I'm so, so lucky, um, everybody, which is just the one of the only diverse modelling agencies in Australia. Um, And, you know, you can just be you and you'll get, you know, booked based on being you. But I still struggle with that, um, with with that in self-worth. With my my partner, um, I still, I'm really working on, language with him we're both figuring things out and it's just literally with my children as well it's something I'm consistently working on um and being very aware of what I'm feeling and if I am feeling something why why am I feeling or if I reacted to something some way why um so I will never have an argument with someone um and just wipe my hands of them and be like what a what a bitch um I will always look at myself how did I contribute to that um you know why did it escalate like that? Why am I feeling this way? Why did this happen? Um, and that's such an important part of the worthiness journey is insight because nothing changes without knowing why it's happening. Um, so there's, there's always a reason behind behavior. Um, but yeah, so it's, a, it's alive and well. Um, I'm extremely sore and bloated today and that reminder that I'm more than my body and I don't need to place all my worth in my appearance and yeah. Um, but then it's okay to also enjoy looking good as well. It doesn't, yeah. I, I remember um, speaking to um, a girl on um, a podcast and she had been in a car accident and she has a scar on her tummy yeah. and she'd been trying for ages to get surgery to fix it and that they said we can't fix it. And she just worked on loving herself as part of the journey to wear the army, posted a bikini for the first time, said my scar, whatever, and then got told that they could operate. And she said to me, I feel like I can't now. I feel like I can't operate because like I've posted all this stuff and I'm, you know, said that I love myself anyway. And I said, that's why you can operate now. That's why you should operate now because you love yourself anyway. If you'd done it before, I can tell you no scar revision surgery would have made you happy because you were just chasing perfection and you were basing your worth on that scar and what you looked like in a bikini. But now, now that you already know that you're worth so much more than that, fix it. You don't need to keep it 
to to fit an illusion that you know you accept yourself it's the same with a lot of people um ask me what I think about Botox and fillers and all this sort of stuff and I'm like well it's the same I feel about makeup and you know nice clothes and things like that earrings you know um if, if they make it me feel good and what's wrong with that like there's nothing yeah. there's nothing wrong with that if if it didn't exist and I had to live forever without makeup and jewelry I, I would still love myself so yeah yeah I agree. I agree and that's you know like let people have their own exploration and if it makes them feel good like do it yeah. do it like full permission to do whatever the fuck you want exactly as long, I would say, as, long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else yeah. be wild do yeah. whatever you want yeah exactly um you've had a really I won't say unique but I think it's something that we'll all face and go through is is grief. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your journey with grief and what you've realised. Um, I so there's been different types of grief. Um, I had to grieve my childhood when I told my parents that um, I had I was being sexually abused by my grandfather at eight years old. That was that was the end of that innocence and my parents told me that they said I became an adult that day yeah um I am still grieving like oh if I, I won't cry because I don't cry but I can feel it it just sits there I'm so sad still that that happened to me and that I missed out on a, a normal childhood I've always struggled to form friendships and relationships with people because I just felt different um I looked at things different I, I it's hard to explain I just felt very alone and that um I'd experienced something that others hadn't and that I was dirty and I was you know I guess not worthy not worthy so I've always struggled and trusting people as well struggled with trusting people um so I've, I've had to grieve that and I'm still grieving that yeah um I um I I lost my dad at 25 to an, a sudden heart attack. That was my first real experience with death, grief. And um, I was a real victim with that, I think. It was very much, of course, this is happening. Of course, my dad's dying. Like, my, this is my life. It's just another, you know, another thing that's happened. Um, and I really had to learn to work through that. That that took a, a long time. I couldn't, I, I felt that life was unfair, which is basically how I'd always felt. But these things keep happening. Life is unfair. Um, so how I dealt with that was that I told myself that dad had died for a reason, that if he hadn't died when he did, he might have been in a crash later that would have killed one of my children or he might have developed cancer and gone in a horrible way, not quick like he did. Mm. And that just helped me that he had to go then to save something worse happening later and that just made me feel better about it but then my mum became really unwell so it kind of took the focus off um which was a real part of it I guess in realizing that um helping other people is is really important for self-care I think it's just to remind yourself that there's so much more outside of you and then when you've got that victim mentality where you think that things are happening to you and your life is bad and people are mean and this and that and the other um that you know what people probably don't really care they're quite busy with their own stuff so mum mum 
two years after dad passed away attempted suicide Mm -hmm. she had booked herself into a hotel um and um they discovered her um when she didn't check out and she was very unwell went into intensive care but but survived I had to grieve losing my mum then even though she was still alive because she was a completely different person then she'd been hiding the depression and um you look back through the photos and you see the light die in her eyes after dad passed away so I had to I guess grieve whatever relationship I had with my mum then because she was yeah it wasn't the same and I um, she wasn't there for me anymore because she was so consumed with what was going on with herself and her medication. Um, I thought that um, me having another baby would be something fantastic for her. Um, but yeah, she took her own life when I was 30 weeks pregnant and believed that she even wrote in the note that 30 weeks was a safe time, that if the stress of her dying put me into labour, that the baby might be okay um, and that everyone will be distracted with this amazing new life, that they won't worry and hurt over her. So warped. But um, so then I had to, yeah, learn to, to, to grieve that as well. But mum, mum passed, uh, well, the fact that mum killed herself was a, a massive turning point for me. And I was like, this is just, I, I didn't feel like a victim this time. I actually felt some peace for her, which a lot of people don't understand. But my mum tried. She was seeing a psychologist, a psychiatrist. She had amazing private health care and she would book herself into the um, private mental institute of hospital. I don't know the correct word for it. Um, whenever she felt the need, she started an all-female golf group. She tried dating. She tried working. She tried volunteering. Um, you know, she really, really, really tried. Um, she even asked for electric shock therapy, but they said, unfortunately, her type of depression wasn't going to work. She tried so much. The medication ended up so bad that they, even her psychiatrist said that the medication was worse than the disease because the symptoms from the amount of medication, she was a zombie. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a different experience to when dad passed away because I was like, I felt a bit of relief. Like, no, because yeah. that was mum's fourth attempt. So it was continually happening. Um, but I felt peace for her too because I had seen artwork that she'd drawn. Art therapy is part of their healing in the hospital. Yeah. And they had to describe what their anxiety and depression is. She had to draw what it felt like when she felt the need to want to die. Yeah. Um, and she just drew flames and she just described it as heating up from the inside out and just needing it to end, just needing it to stop. And I was just like, oh, mum, I'm so glad you're not on fire anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that was just a really different, yeah, because my, my nan was like, I'm so angry at her, it's so selfish, and I'm like, I'm not angry at her at all. Like, yes, it's it's selfish in the fact that we're all left behind hurting and missing her and the kids especially. Um, yeah, again, had to grieve not the kids um, not having their grandma anymore. Already lost their grandpa. Kalani was born without grandparents, so she, has, she doesn't know any different. Um, but yeah, it's just all the different, and it comes and goes. Like I still um, miss being able to call mum and talk to her about things. And but that being said, I don't know if Journey to Worthy would exist if mum was still alive. Yeah. So I, I don't want to rewrite it. No. So yeah. Yeah, and it's that, and it's that piece that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I resonate, you know, with that a lot, and um, you know, I was um, a lot my mum passed away she had leukemia and um you know a lot of people when she did pass said at least she's not in any pain 
and um, I didn't find that comforting at all. Um, but for me, the relief was more about I knew how much she struggled mentally and emotionally and she wanted to die for decades, like since I was a teenager. So, you know, we're talking 30 years. She she fought this. Yeah. And so for me, I think that's what people don't understand. Like it's yeah. a fight. Like it's yeah. every day is a battle for them to stay on this earth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's that was the peace element for yeah. me, you know, and um, and that's she's at peace because she doesn't have to fight with herself anymore. She doesn't have to fight with life, you know. So, yeah, so I really, I really get that. Um, with all of this, this journey, journey to worry, um, you know, all of these things that, that have happened, how have you, how have you brought in and allowed yourself to feel deep pleasure and deep hedonism? throughout all of it what has that piece opened up for you because I know that a lot of you know especially when we're talking about sexual abuse we're talking about physical abuse grief like the first thing we shut down is is pleasure and hedonism Mm -hmm. and because that can feel very unsafe how did you open yourself up and let yourself experience um, hedonism and pleasure I used to use, I didn't shut down sexually. I became quite sexual, very young. Um, I I searched for it in in a sense. Since finding my worth, I'm I'm still, yeah, sex is different for me now. It's very much about what I want and not just about, being, you know, the porn star that does everything that pornos do and being that, you know, sex beast. It's about, well, that doesn't even feel good. So it's about mutual pleasure. It's about, it, it's so, so different now. So that part of me, like I never went off sex in that sense, but it wasn't about me. Yeah. It was not about me. It was not about my pleasure. It was about pleasuring someone else. Never. And that making me feel good, but it didn't make me feel good. You know, like it's yeah, it's the paradox. Yeah. Absolutely, I think everyone yeah. can resonate with that. Um, but now, like my husband laughs because I don't know if I can say this on here, but he'll be like, "If you want, hey, can I have a blowjob?" And I'll be like, and he just laughs now because he's like, you know, I'm like, excuse me, what did you ask me? <laughs> what what am I getting in this? Like. <laughs> I mean, are you going to, you know, have a conversation with me first? Or he just, he teases me now because he's just like, he'll say things and he's like, sorry, sorry, yeah. you're worthy. Like, it's just, we just give each other. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's definitely sex is such a huge part of it. And that's what I was saying about the promiscuity um, prior. Like, don't judge girls. Don't write them off as just being sluts, whatever that even means. Um because yeah, one they might be consenting and enjoying it, and and two there might be a whole deep seated other reason for why they're doing what they're doing, and they need their sisters beside them, not knocking them down. Um, but um, 
I guess the, the letting go of the shame and guilt was the only way I was able to find that peace and happiness considering because I, I do look back and I go over my life and I'm just like makes me really emotional when I think about it and I'm like how am I here like how did I get here and it was just that process and work about changing my mindset from the negative mindset of life happening to me to know I'm creating this life how can I change like create it differently moving forward not about rewriting the story but you can write the future chapters right um so that's that's so much it's so much work it's so much work it's not there is that light bulb moment when you realise you want it to change yeah. and there's so much work that comes with that afterwards. So I quite often have women say to me that um, buying a T-shirt is the first tangible thing that they're doing, that they're putting it on. They're saying I'm worthy. I don't know how I'm going to feel like, I don't know how I'm going to feel this, yeah. but I'm dedicated to making it happen. And that's, that's the first step. And then it just, it goes like this. You'll be like, oh, I feel great. Oh, I hate myself. I love myself. I hate myself. And that'll it'll be like that for the rest of our lives. But um, yeah, letting go of the guilt and shame is that it was key for me to um, find my self worth. And yeah, for me, it was talking about it. But I, I do. I get women message me and they're like, oh, I don't want to share it on social media. I'm like, don't. Oh my god, you don't have to. You know, if you want to talk about it with someone, and if you have a friend who's safe to talk to about it. You, um, I can recommend some therapists nearby or go to your GP, get a mental health care plan, get a, go to Kmart, spend $2 on a journal, write it down. This is, this is something that I realised I was doing um, when I was about 12. Um, I used to write stories, yeah. characters. It was me. It was me. The character was me and I was writing scenarios in my life. I would write them down, yeah. feel how they made me feel, cry whatever and then I tear them up into tiny little pieces so that in my head mum and dad were going to stick them all back together and read it so yeah. I, you know, and put it in the bin I now realize that was me you know writing down everything letting it all out um as a story yeah um I've thought about writing a book and in the past when I've thought about writing a book I'm like oh no I'll, I'll tell my life story but I'll I'll create a character and I'll do a little uh, why what no own it this is your story this is your life and if you want to write it in third person the character's name is Vanessa <laughs> it's yeah. not someone else you know yeah. you can tell the story of your life and you, there's no shame in it you don't have to pretend that it was someone else's story yeah. um it, it's yours and you are worthy of a happy life despite everything that you've been through and knowing that it wasn't your fault um and I think that goes back to the very beginning of what you were saying about the rape in parliament um at the same time, we have to be careful of the situations we put ourselves in. We have to look after ourselves first. Um, and I've, you know, and that's why I don't drink because it might, I, I might say and do things that I'm not comfortable with saying and doing. That doesn't ever mean that you can ever be raped or anything like that. But being careful of yourself, I guess, to to not put yourself in situations in in um way I guess like don't jump in a cage full of snakes um it's not your fault if they bite you but try not to put yourself in there um look after you yeah and I used to put myself in some pretty awful situations I never hitchhiked though um I never want I was always like no I'm gonna get murdered if I get hit I had enough insight to know that that was dangerous yeah. um slept in a park mind you but um <laughs> 
um, didn't want to hitchhike, but my friend told me that these guys were friends of hers, but they weren't. So I did hitchhike unwillingly um, and had a gun pulled on me. Wow. And I, I'd unwillingly put myself in that situation, um, but I had enough awareness to realise this was a bad situation and they were trying to force us to do things sexually. And I said, the gun's not real. And uh, I was just such a smart ass, but I just, I didn't care. And at that point, I was like, whatever, I don't even care. Kill me, I don't care. I said, if it's real, shoot the tree. And he said, no, I'm not going to shoot the tree and someone will hear. I said, well, then you're not going to shoot me, are you? And uh, (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. My friend's like, just do it, just do it. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Leave me here, I'm not doing it. Um, But it's it's avoiding situations like that, I guess. And when during my teenage years, I was placed in situations like that a lot and I didn't remove myself from them. I didn't avoid those situations. So it's not... um, yeah the the other side I guess it will never ever be anybody's fault for being drunk being in the wrong place at the wrong time but we need to also try and protect ourselves from those situations too yeah if we find ourselves in them and something bad happens not your fault not your fault but be aware and try and avoid putting yourself in those situations yeah absolutely and that's you know and I think everyone wishes that it was a certain way, you know, a different way that we didn't have to, that we could just go and do this thing. But the reality of it is, is that we do have to, you know, we do have to. It sucks and it's so not politically correct to say, you know, like, yes, we should be able to walk to our car without holding our key like this. We should. I agree. We should. But I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. Because the fact, the statistics show that there is a chance that I will you know, yeah. that a man, yes, a man will yeah. attack me yeah. and that I will not go home alive. Um, it, it needs to change. We will change it. it yeah. But at yeah. this point in time, it's still like that. I've taught my eight-year-old daughter that if someone tries to take her from mummy, she used to kill them. Yeah. Said you will not go, because she was like, I want to go to jail. I said, you will not go to jail if someone's trying to hurt you. You do whatever it takes to get back to mummy yeah. because if they take you, you're not coming home. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I need her no. to be aware because that is the way it is. Yeah. Um. So I don't want her to put herself in those situations. Yeah. yeah. You know, it wouldn't be her fault if it happened, but I, I want her to be aware enough to not put herself in those situations. I don't yeah. care if they've got a puppy or a cat or whatever. Yeah. And now yeah. she jokes that, if someone said, oh, I'm a friend of mummy's, she wants you to come home with me, that she'd say, oh, that's a lie. My mum doesn't have any friends. She thinks she's hilarious. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, so funny. <laughs> there's no point denying the reality either. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, I, I've been asked a few times, do you hate men? Like, I don't hate men, mm. but I also admit that they are the species I am most scared of. Yeah. The animal that I am most scared of in this yeah. in this world is humans and human yeah. males. Yeah, there's a pack yeah. mentality when they're together. Um, I talk to my husband about it all the time, and the only way that's going to stop is when men start stopping it. They need to stand up um, in a group and say that's not on. Stop it! Don't talk to her like that. Don't look at her like that. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't yeah. show me that. Um, and until that starts happening, yeah, yeah, it won't change. And the yeah. thing in Parliament, like, why is it being run by middle-aged white men? Like, where's the diversity? Yeah, exactly. Men are making decisions based, you know, same with abortion in other countries. Men are making yeah. these decisions. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. I went off again. No, that's, that's, and it's all very valid points and I absolutely agree. Um, one last question before we wrap up, um, and that is what is turning you on right now? 
Me? I'm telling uh-huh. myself on at the moment. I've I've just been so open in my sexuality and loving my body lights on and all. like I don't don't care. Haven't shaved, don't care. Um I, you know, used to my husband would laugh because um I was so self-conscious of my bum because of my stretch marks and things that I would cover my bum but nothing else. And it's like <laughs> I can see your vagina, I can see your boobs and you're worried about about you <laughs> crazy woman um but now I'll just like jiggle it walk downstairs naked cook naked don't do it burns yeah they get burns in places you don't want to burn do not cook naked um but um yeah it's it, it's exploration at the moment and just really loving who I am and being with my husband saying well no we're not doing that because I'm not getting I'm not here to just pleasure you um unless I offer it to you I'm not just here to just pleasure you this is not about you this is a joint thing um and he's great like yeah Yeah. so I don't want to talk about too much but he's fantastic a very giving partner and um definitely um not one-sided at all but um yeah so I guess I'm turning myself on that's amazing I love that I and because that's where exploration starts right is is with self so I think that is like the best answer ever Vanessa thank you so much for being on the show and um and doing all you do oh it's just it's such a pleasure to have these conversations and you know and for everybody watching or tuning in is Vanessa is touring this year she's in Brisbane Sydney and Melbourne that's the plan we've it's been put on the back burner a little bit because of COVID kind of wait and see what happens yeah um but yeah that's the plan lots lots coming um yeah. hopefully more events season three of the podcast yeah youtube channel coming um lots of exciting things and new merch dropping in um yeah. amazing amazing i'll put all of your links to all the bits and all the things in the show notes but thank you so much for starting this movement and you know being this voice and creating this army because it's so important that we have people like you doing this amazing work so thank you for being on the show but thank thank you you for creating the journey to worthy and being you know having the courage to dance with it all and and do it shining a light on it Mm. i really appreciate it you're so welcome thanks gorgeous and thank you to everybody who's tuned in Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this epic conversation. I'm Renee Main, and I am over and out for now. However, we can continue this conversation on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash hedonistic queen or jump onto the website reneemain.com.au and you can explore what your own hedonistic way might look like.